Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, Johannes from Avatar. And now, here's your host, Rob Haspani. It's been a busy September, but I got one in right before the end of the month. And just in time for business to pick up in the world of pro wrestling, it's Rob. Welcome back. To squared circle pitter if this is your first time welcome definitely head into the archives we have a ton of awesome awesome episodes in the past we've interviewed rock stars like Corey taylor zach wild maynard from tool lots of big pro wrestlers like kenny omega cm punk even new japan guys like el phantasmo really really cool stuff go to metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit for all the archives and of course I'm on Twitter, at Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle, and Squared Circle Pit is also on Facebook. Maybe one of these days I'll make an Instagram page. But like I said, wrestling is huge right now. We're going to have Johannes from Avatar on in just a bit, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Next week is a huge week for pro wrestling, and this weekend for me is huge. I'm going to see New Japan here in New York City. They're coming, finally doing their own show in New York City. I'm so excited about because the last time they came here, it was with another company, and that other company kind of ruined it, all right? Uh, so I'm going to Hammerstein uh, this Saturday, and then I'm going to go to Philly the next day on Sunday. If you're around, say hello. I will be wearing my New Japan tracksuit, at least the jacket. So that should be fun. And then after that, Monday is the season premiere of Raw, which is whatever. I mean, like, it's going to be a big show, but it's really just leading up to... This Wednesday, October 2nd, NXT's big two-hour premiere on USA Network versus what I have been looking forward to all year, the premiere of AEW Dynamite on TNT. I'm so excited to see what AEW does. I really hope they don't fuck it up, all right? I hope they deliver. I hope we have a very healthy wrestling ecosystem. I hope everyone does well. Rooting for everybody, especially rooting for AEW. Rooting for NXT. And then SmackDown looks to be massive with Kofi Kingston versus Brock as the main event, I'm pretty sure Brock's gonna win. Brock's gonna be the world champion, right? That's what Fox wants. Fox wants Brock on top. They want him on the show. I feel like we're gonna be seeing him much more often now that they're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars per episode or tens of millions. I don't know what it is, but they're getting paid a billion dollars basically over five years. They're gonna be doing all right. Anyway, that's, that's the bit of ranting I'm gonna do. We went into a lot of what's going on today in the world of pro wrestling with Johannes. I had a great time talking to him. He was a great sport. So here's my interview. Now entering the squared circle pit, the front man, the leader of the faction known as Avatar. I have Johannes here. Thank you so much for talking to for me. Talking to squared circle pit. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be on, man. Uh, you are currently on the road with Baby Metal. Correct. Sitting uh, here in uh, Denver, Colorado right now, struggling to breathe. I'm not used to mountains. <laughs> now, uh, you are a wrestling fan, obviously. That's correct. Here on the podcast. And I feel like, you know, you take one look at your band and tell, tell that you're a wrestling fan. Like you're like doing a like a wrestling persona, like you're a character on stage, I feel could be. You could fit you right in right WWE. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I would say so because it's. I think it reflects the way 
uh, I've, I've learned to think due to like, uh, due to, you know, being deeply, deeply into professional wrestling, um, where, yeah, how long have you been watching? Oh, I guess I was my earliest memory of a guy that I felt like, Oh, that's my guy. That was Adam bomb. So how, when did he come onto the scene? <laughs> I always say I was five, but that might be too slightly too early. Like. 91, 92, 93, somewhere around there, it was on Swedish television, and uh, I got hooked. That's great. But, uh, That's great. But yeah, so the thing is, because I think once we started to develop, you know, a more theatrical way of doing things uh, as a band, it still was never meant to be based around, you know, that we would play any fictional characters, you know, I wouldn't be... Mm-hmm. Frodo from the Shire or whatever. Uh, it was just about kind of, you know, figuring out what our music looked like and felt like on stage and just express what we are trying to express musically anyway. And what you get there then is, uh, you know, if you listen mm-hmm. to Steve Austin talking about developing his Stone Cold persona, that's Steve Austin dialed up to 11. So like, I don't have a stage name when I do my thing. I am, I am who I am. It's just that I am who I am and feeling what I feel when we create and perform our music and uh, that side of me comes out and it gets dialed up. So it's a persona, but it's a, you know, persona completely just based in who I am. It feels just as real as, I don't know, we all behave differently on, uh, on the, I don't know if people go, when a person goes disco dancing and uh, partying and then having a Sunday dinner at grandma's, you know, both but you are you in both settings but you might you know express yourself differently right that's a good comparison uh uh-huh. what what came first to you was it uh, a love of music, uh, music or the love of pro wrestling probably music in the sense of that that was something around the house uh both my parents you know we played a lot of classical music uh you know cds at home and there was a piano there for from very early on in my childhood that i was drawn to uh when i was really little and it put me in lessons and all that but uh it's really it all comes together in a in a similar age and i am uh wrestling definitely came before heavy metal though mm-hmm. like so so, uh, and I think the kind of the things that some of the things I was attracted to in in seeing Hulk Hogan fight Vader in WCW, you know that uh, that those feelings is something that I probably found and picked up also from heavy music, from from you know, especially that side of it that I got from you know Iron Maiden or stuff like that. That's just yeah. that's very very powerful, almost superhero like expression so that kind of goes hand in hand so was wcw like your jam or did you watch both wcw and wwf at the time or did you just get to well, so living in sweden they would show uh at first they started to air i think the history of it is is that they bought some package you know some sea show packaging or whatever that the wwf at the time would sell internationally and put their own commentaries on it and the commentaries sucked so uh and a super fan uh wrote in and complained and uh 
and he got the job as a commentator doing voiceovers and he was basically like he was probably part of a very small early dirt sheet scene in sweden back in those days and probably one Mm -hmm. of the you know he probably came from a household where they were very early with getting cable in a way that it will get you know international channels and stuff and have access to it before anyone else and he did it with his uh, Swedish uh, champion uh, weightlifter, powerlifter, whatever it's called, Hua Hua Dahlgren. And they, it was, so then they would show this after the Saturday morning cartoons. So, and they, and this is during the new generation era that this is happening. So, so it's all very, you know, aimed towards children. And, but because it's Sweden and Sweden doesn't really work in superlatives or, you know, the way that, the United States does, it, you know, they constantly broke kayfabe while still being totally into it. And the other minute treating it as a sport is a very unique, comical and awesome way of commentating on it that I grew up on. But they stopped so doing when them. you say they were they were breaking kayfabe. Were you saying they were talking about like the backstage stuff? No, 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 no. They didn't have access. Not just that it wasn't real. Oh, interesting. You know, I, well, I remember they did, someone uploaded all these old episodes on YouTube with their commentary on it. And they would first have them in the studio talk, talk and like, well, so we've been getting some heat uh, because we've been suggested, uh, been, been suggesting that uh, some of it uh, that you're that you're watching pretty much everything is maybe not as real as they want you to believe, you know, like, uh, but at the same time, they were like still kind of. Take picking the winners who they thought were going to win before uh, before they would show the WrestleMania. Like it was a weird mix, which I, but I think that is always usually how the television viewers viewing it anyway. You know, we want to get lost in it. We want to get you know into it uh, as if it's a competition. That's what we need. That's part of the storytelling and part of the Russian fun and entertainment of everything of what it is. But at the same time, we also when we discuss who's going to win, we also try to, you know, be, you know, try to, you know, book the territory and, and, uh, and figure out, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but they of course is setting up this match for WrestleMania or whatever, you know? Uh, so we do a bit of both and they kind of did that, I would say, but anyway, they start, they stopped airing WWF stuff. I think what they basically did is that they, as a, you know, European station buying in a TV show, uh, for children stuff, they were following Hulk Hogan. So they started to show WCW with the same two guys in the mid nineties. But then the big thing that happened for me was that again, with, we guess satellite receiver and stuff, we started to get Cartoon Network, which at on Fridays at like eight or nine o'clock would switch over to TNT and show that week's Monday Nitro. Oh, that's huge. Okay. So the yeah, Monday Night so- Wars, you were watching Nitro. And that was my bread and butter. So that uh, that is now was it the same commentators? intense watching days. No, then that because that was then the TNT stuff, just a rerun oh, okay, so for the Europeans. Yeah, so that is that is Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, Mike Tenay, and and all that. And that is, uh, I guess, that's also where I started to learn English properly. Professional wrestling educated me very well as an artist well, and so as funny. a linguist. You're not the first person to tell me that, and I myself. As uh, a son of two immigrants to America, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel that pro wrestling also taught me English because, like, my parents couldn't speak it. You know, they were just learning. Oh, there you go. 
and uh, I was watching it since I was a kid, and it, it was like the same thing. Like you know, it would teach me, you know, how to get mad at somebody or how to you know how to react. Just certain words uh, that they would yeah. use. So that's so funny that you say that. So who were your guys during that? Who were your guys during the new generation, and who were your guys during that Monday Nitro era? Well, new generation stuff. I was so little and kind of watched from over my brother's shoulder, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, and I just remember that I thought of Adam Bomb was a badass. Yeah, he looked and really here, cool. <laughs> and here I am sticking my tongue out for a living, you know. So come full circle. Uh, so uh, because those memories are very, you know, childhood vague. Uh, right. But he's a big standout for whatever reason. I remember uh, uh, Undertaker Yokozuna promo, and that Yokozuna was scared of Undertaker, and that that was badass. Uh, but then in WCW, uh, I um, I felt betrayed when Hulk Hogan betrayed WCW. <laughs> uh, I was you were like much... kind of, yeah, I was I was a Sting guy. And I uh, and then I was shouting, waking up the household when uh, uh, in, in bliss and joy when uh, Diamond Dallas Page did not join the NWO. Oh yeah, that was great. Uh, so I was very hooked on the baby faces. I also thought that the outsiders were the coolest thing ever uh, because they were cool, you know. But once, it, but in the storyline and the conflicts and everything, I couldn't wait for Sting to get his revenge and get that title. So Sting was my big childhood hero. Yeah, I was totally uh, into the NWO. The NWO, my guys, I was rooting for the NWO. But when Sting would come out, I'm rooting for Sting. To like, a, ultimately, you're rooting for a fun show. You're not. Mm-hmm. It's not like team sports. You just want everything to, to be fun. Uh, yeah, it was a very fun time. And I feel like uh, only just now uh, are they kind of getting back to that sort of excitement. Uh, so after the Monday Night War, after Nitro, did you were you able to watch Raw during that time? Uh, not really. And again, like bandwidth was an issue in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I started to again to dwindle, you know, because Nitro started to really, really suck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, then so my mom is German, so we had that uh, you know satellite receiver on our house to get the German channels, and German sports channels showed. Uh, aired smackdown and the pay-per-views uh after the fact that they aired but you know i was you were we we weren't as present online in those days as we are now so i would mm-hmm. couldn't wouldn't really spoil anything for myself so uh there was um you know with the rock on top and undertaker riding on a smoke cycle having a middle age crisis that that era mm-hmm. midlife crisis is what it's called um <laughs> Gave away my European badass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that era of SmackDown um, was, I guess, the next thing that I jumped to. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it kind of dwindled off for just a couple of years. And uh, then my, I think it was honestly like this, that my first real girlfriend broke up with me. And I started to just return to things that made me feel good when I was younger and a nice uncle and, you know, <laughs> lessons of adulthood what is hitting me the way they're supposed to do in your early 20s and then i was just vac- going through all over the internet to find that fix of the things when things from a simpler time when things were more in black and white and uh, and that kind of reintroduced me to pro wrestling and from there i've been finding always one way or another to to follow mainly raw yeah 
I see. So, so you you keep up now, but only with with raw. That, that's where you're. Well, and uh, now, um, the thing I'm most psyched about is October second. Yes, uh, AEW. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and also raw, like raw is what me and my wife has been following the most. Uh, Seth Rollins is her guy. Oh, and uh, yeah. Um, uh, do you exactly. watch on the road? Do you keep? I mean, it's much easier to keep up now than it would be like five years ago. But do you yeah, see- but I don't really. I, I I keep up in terms of reading and following, and I see that it seems to be have been a fun three or four weeks, which you know with fiend and everything. But it's you know I, yeah. I just the so fiend much stuff else is cool. Up. Everything else you don't you, you didn't miss anything. Like it's not that yeah. it was, it's. I'm not saying it was bad, but it's you know take it or leave. But the fiend stuff has been awesome. Yeah, so I hear. So like, so I keep track on it like that. But it's just that I don't think that everything with the AEW pay per views have been perfect. But when they have gotten it right, they have made me feel like they it's they seem to keep touching on exactly what I have been looking for, like an like an old school idea of what it should be sport presentation wise and storyline wise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, combined with a modern way of doing matches you know mm-hmm. i feel like they are touching on that and it has that atmosphere that you know because as i got older you know once again with the internet i started to check out things from way before my time of course and especially nwa things that i you know wouldn't have had any possibility to see otherwise or awa all those old things where you know where storyline and promo wise and the energy and the atmosphere is second to none but in many many cases uh, the actual in-ring performance has just not aged as well because we just moved so far yeah beyond. But the promos uh, definitely still hold up. I yeah, agree. the promos and just and still there are sometimes these old matches because I was looking at. Oh my god, I am having a complete drawing blanks on his name. Um, the gentleman who Ric Flair won his first uh, world title Harley from died. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was watching some stuff with him now. Of course, uh, you know when he passed and and stuff from that era. And you know, sure, yeah, I, I like some flipping and some more martial art and mixed martial art inspired stuff and just you know what people can what ricochet can do you know mm-hmm. that we would have looked like an you know alien from another planet if it was there by then but just the thing that a move mattered that chess game quality to it that what you do matters and moves the match forward um you know i feel like they are in many cases touching that more and more and I think if they can do that, but in a modern superhero mega athlete way of performing it, I, I think it's going, it might be so, so, so good. I, you know, I would say, you know, uh, Cody versus Dustin was a match like that for me, for instance. Yeah, I agree. So have you watched all the AEW pay-per-views? Uh, no, uh, I did, no, not all of them. And I, because I, I had to, I don't know what came in between, so... Uh, I think I missed Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fist. I couldn't. Uh, I had to do something, <laughs> and then I didn't get around to get back to it. Uh, but I watched all out. I watched uh, Double or Nothing, and um, you know, and most of the stuff that were on the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those were the two bigger ones. Uh, Fight yeah. for the Fallen and, and uh, Fighter Fest were kind of smaller. 
Almost house shows, I feel. Uh, yeah, so it had the atmosphere still, and it looked different, you know, like especially yeah. with Spider Fest, and I liked liked that. Agreed. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just excited uh, very much for an alternative. I feel, like. mm-hmm. and it'll put WWE on their, uh, make them put their best foot forward. Which look, they're they're doing NXT exactly. now against it, and NXT I enjoy as well. I, I enjoy, them. There, I enjoy just, the most. there is just a matter of time. I don't of have. Course time uh to to uh, it's it's there's too much wrestling out there so that that's why for instance i followed raw also you know for a long for the longest time now for one because uh, living in finland uh, nowadays the way we would watch it is the you know they put it on youtube immediately after so it was our tuesday night entertainment and then they have kind of trimmed the fat of, of it Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, this is always it's like forty minutes shorter or something like that forty fifty minutes shorter, and I'm just looking forward to the I, you know that dynamite is gonna be a two hour show, and less than that without commercials like that there's a there's a fatigue that sets in. That kind Absolutely, of, in, that was kind of my problem with All Out. Uh, by the time yeah. they got to the main event, I was like, I was past. I couldn't. I couldn't mm-hmm. stay up. It's like they, these shows need to be shorter. Yeah, it's, there's so much quality there, but they, but people keep aiming for quantity. So like, I feel, and now that two factions are doing it, it makes me think, like, uh, in the early 2000s and until recently, there was this uh, volume war in music where, you know, you, you record an album, then you mix it to make it sound nice, and then you do the mastering of a recording. And... Uh, which is, you know, it's a bit more, you, you don't go in and fix a certain guitar level. You treat the whole recording as a whole and work with the volume in the frequencies of that. And it's a, a bit beyond my understanding about it. For the longest time, you know, they started to just push. You wanted to kind of have the loudest album out there to get that first impression impact of boom, what is this? And it kind of killed dynamics. It kind of made albums sound, you know, yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, it's uh, you had more somehow, but it, you know, I remember, and this is now 15 years ago. You have read an article about how, why in the world is an album by this band that was big at the time, Keen, so much louder than Nevermind by Nirvana? It makes no sense if you listen to what is on there. But is this just push for louder and louder, which killed, killed the music that was recorded? And I feel it's, it's the same thing now that there, there's a war to just put so much content out there and, and you want to showcase all the wrestlers you have and, you know, and everyone gets, needs to be on the big shows. And, and I think that's a mistake. We don't go on stage and play all our songs from all our albums every night. That would be ludicrous. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I agree. You want to leave the crowd wanting more. Yeah, they'll be back next week, and and they, and they have another pay per view coming. Mix it up, which would also make each pay per view unique, you know. And that's it. again the fatigue of. I actually, for instance, do think that Baron Corbin is doing an excellent job as a heel, mm-hmm. uh, and I like him even more because he was at one of our uh, shows in Florida last year and tweeted about it. I liked it so, <laughs> <laughs> so now I like his in-ring performance even more but you know there was this string of uh, him versus Seth forever and ever and ever and then they also yeah. also did it on a pay-per-view and it's like then it doesn't mean anything if you have and they have so many great wrestlers so like 
I sometimes dive in somewhere in the middle of, you know, those years of Nitro that are so near and dear to my heart. And, you know, they managed to entertain us and have great matches on through and through on these Nitro cards. And still, we didn't get to see Sting wrestle for a year. Yeah. You know, and we were all super hyped for that. Then, of course, that's an extreme example. But, you know, there are things you can do. Again, if you get just get more people over and 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 let them do their what they do well you know try to build that more sport feel context around it uh, so, so the matches matter as more than showcase and suddenly it would feel you know it would uh you don't have you, you're burning out your biggest stars i feel that's why like yes we all got tired i guess of brock lesnar over and over again but every time he came back we were fucking excited because he wouldn't yeah. wrestle every week, you know? Yeah, they treat him as he's special and you feel it. Yeah, and everyone can be special. Of course, you want to see your biggest names, the people that draw, you know, wrestle more than once every third month. But, you know, but maybe you can go one week without Seth, or if Seth is doing something, maybe it's not versus, you know, the one he's feuding with. Like, create a context where it's, you know, makes sense and, it, and you have something to work towards. And if AEW treats wins and losses as they matter, then we have reasons to follow our favorites meeting all kinds of opponents uh, and not just the guy we really want them to beat. And they have the they they put the records when they come in. It's on the graphics. So that's gonna be very interesting to Yeah. To to keep up with. Who are you who are your guys in AEW? Well, I'm a lifelong uh, uh, jerkaholic, I would say. (laughs) I say you know. Uh, he was too funny. And I guess, you know, stuff when in 98 where I, you know, I was very good at despising the heels, but you know, the man of a thousand moves and a thousand and four moves and the Dean Malenko stuff and all that, you know, like through that, you know, now we met a couple of times and he's been really great and, uh, his reinvention of himself. And I actually, he managed to, in my twenties, when he had a feud with Shawn Michaels that, you know, Oh. I hate someone again. This is incredible. You know, this is weird mm-hmm. thing that happens in your brain because you have more distance to it, but still fucking hate you. And he, he made that happen. So for all, there are a ton of other reasons. Like, so I'm very excited that he's there. I think, uh, Cody in terms of, and the Dustin, uh, you know, in terms of storytelling in their matches and I, yeah, they throw in the, he adds a lot of star power to his matches. So Arn Addison coming into a spine buster, you know, uh, and you know, and throwback to his dad's moves and stuff. So yeah, he has some mix of bells and whistles there, but it's still that makes sense. And uh, uh, I think he's doing great. I like. I'm excited. I like the combo of, of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, I don't. I forget what the third guy's name is, but and that's Mark kind of Scott. yeah. There you go. Thank you. And uh, uh, but it's for me. It's mainly Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. The dynamic there. In, in two that I, I like the most uh so i guess those are some stand-up things i popped when awesome kong returned i popped loud and hard uh let's see what I'm you think that you didn't mention uh kenny omega uh have you watched um, yeah no, my, my apologies no uh he's more you know secondhand information for me i i no, i thought i thought he was great and i'm excited to see more of him now because again i can't keep up i'm sure i'm keeping kept saying this to my wife when we've been frustrated at 
what we're seeing on Raw. And like, why don't we just switch over to those things? They seem from all I read and the little things I see, they seem to do everything that we want this to be. Mm-hmm. But then it's, it's the weird investment that you do. And that is something that's, I think, one of the reasons that WWE can keep you in your, in, in you know, the grip around my testicles is because of the legacy there. Because I want to follow a guy to win the title that essentially is the title that Hulk Hogan or Bret Hart held. Yeah, it's a change and it calls something. But, you know, and mm-hmm. that's mythology, you know. It's, yeah. uh, I don't I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a big superhero guy, but I was still compared to that. It, it, you know, it's something about following a new superhero or a superhero story in that universe where there is an Iron Man and a Captain America or whatever, you know, and it has, it has more impact in your world. If you are immersed already are immersed in the world where the story takes place. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way about WWE. I just can't quit it. I've been watching it now for over 30 years, so it's like I yeah. can't just stop. Uh, no, exactly. Even though and, some, sometimes but, I'm not necessarily enjoying what I'm watching. No, Although, exactly. That's the thing that with WWE, with AEW, I mean, it's because they certain names, certain, there's a, and because I was a WCW guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some guy, a kid from Northern Europe being so immersed in southern u.s culture it's it's funny in itself um but you know but because uh, because the heritage that is seeping in there there's already a sense of that it's new and excited and it's next thing but it still has that mm, that air of of you know of of the past connection to the past yeah yeah and that is very important to me and uh so I don't know, like, I don't know when New Japan gets old enough, meaning uh, maybe I start watching it in 10 years <laughs> and start backtracking mm-hmm. because stuff I well, was watching. Yeah, I, I really New I, Japan is it, a little harder to, you know, keep up with and follow. And they don't necessarily make their interface easy to use if you don't speak Japanese. But it's a challenge. Like it's it's kind of like underground music, like you have to kind of work extra hard for it. But it almost seems more rewarding when you like see it because it is old it's completely presented i mean there's very much silliness sometimes and and sports entertainment aspects but they present fully as a sport and i really love that what i would say is go out of your way to uh kenny omega had a series of matches three matches with uh the world champion okada okada yeah 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 like okada is the best wrestler in the world so I recommend the first match was like at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago. Then they had one at Dominion. And then they had a final one that was a two out of three falls match. And the two out of three falls match, I'm not exaggerating. It is better than any movie. Any, like, like, it's the most piece of content I have ever, like, I was so, I'm like, like, it was kind of like how you said we're, you know, you kind of know what it is. You get jaded. But I was sitting there like on the edge of my seat, like yelling at my screen. Like I was <laughs> five years old because it was such an intense battle that they had back and forth. Yeah. So, I don't know why I haven't gotten around to check it because I, I'm i aware of all of what you're saying. And then it kind of seeped into, I don't know. Then I, I guess I read a book and I, I wrote a song and I, I did, you know other things in life got in between and suddenly it was in the back of my mind and in front of my mind was, you know, a disappointing episode of Raw, which is stupid, <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the links because uh, I, I really think you would enjoy them and they they will 
open your your eyes, especially to Okada, who's just one mm-hmm. of the wrestlers in the world. I'm very excited. Uh, okay, so that's so we talked about basically everything. Uh, have you oh, have you ever watched? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, first thing I got to see, we went to uh, the band and our tour manager went to watch uh, Raw in. I tried to, I won't say it was in Baltimore, but I'm not sure. On a day off, just the stars aligned. And actually, Chris Jericho helped us out with that. So it's funny, like I just wrote him, oh, man, I can think, yeah, that was six people sweet. And, and so we don't know how it works. They haven't been there before and walk in and, and kind of lost, keep asking for directions the whole way until we realize, oh, shit, we're ringside. <laughs> so that was a good first one. And then through uh, connections, uh, my... Uh, our manager has uh, our management has some good history with uh, and friendships within within the WWE today. So uh, uh, and in the past, like uh, they had Bret Hart over for dinner back in the day when he was the champ uh, and stuff. So uh, through those connections, I got into watch when they done the European tours. Went to a couple of those live events. And then I've been trying to support our local. Uh, uh, Gothenburg wrestling scene. Those are they oh. are in Park Music video, so I went to check them out. Of course. But so uh, what's the what's the promotion? I didn't even realize there was a Gothenburg wrestling. That's so it's awesome. GBG, which is short for Gothenburg, how we abbreviate it. Uh, wrestling. And now I'm excited about those since uh, since I moved to Helsinki, I still haven't had a chance to go. Uh, and all the three coming events and it's of course not a weekly thing and they keep happening when i'm away for something but there's also mm-hmm. one in helsinki called fcf fight club finland and you know it's it's they all seem to be growing and get a grip of because you know nowadays wrestling has become yeah it's this nostalgia thing and you know people accommodation and they remember what is on tv as kids and all that uh and it has also attracted some kind of hipster flair you know absolutely i totally noticed the hipsterness of it as well which is so wild to me because growing up i was always like a little ashamed not like ashamed but i I would like hide it i didn't want people to judge me like i loved it yeah i wasn't embarrassed that i loved it but other people would judge it's like okay i I, I don't want to deal with your stuff you know but like now i feel it's it's like everyone is out of it. it's so it's so immersed in pop culture and yeah. i feel like yeah like you're saying like i noticed that too with like the uk wrestling scene blowing up it kind of yeah. spread to the rest of europe now where yeah. there's all these uh smaller scenes and i think that's awesome i think that's really really cool that's yeah and that's exactly it and so they seem to all be able to you know yeah, you know, they don't do the ice hockey arena or whatever, you know, but the larger clubs, the places they they do it at, they seem to fill up pretty well every time. So for being what it is, it seems to be growing and doing well and that the quality increases. And and I, I don't know, like, it was also like we, we play this Wacken festival in Germany. Uh, so it's like this biggest metal fest- festival in the world, basically, at least one of them. And they had a suddenly some indie wrestling was happening there as well and there's a certain you know i don't get a lot of opportunities for that but there's something about the what the cornet would call outlaw mud show atmosphere <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> yeah that is uh, this great then the thing i'm uh, speaking of cornet the thing that i got hooked on for the most through the years now has been 
uh, the shoot interviews. And this is mm-hmm. something that I feel is important to say to legitimize what wrestling truly means to me is that, you know, I go on stage, I, I'm, 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 you know, tr- I've tried to school myself and learn from the greats uh, that I admire and been watching through the years, you know, and it's Freddie Mercury and it's, uh, it's uh, Rob Halford and it's a whole bunch of people uh, that inspired and that I tried to learn from. And professional wrestlers are right there in that mix of the frontmen. And a big part of this is the shoot interview circuit that they keep doing because they talk about the craft in a completely different way than singers tend to do. You don't find those interviews with singers. So it's been extremely educational for me as a stage, as a live performer, because I think it's so connected. You know, we have a plan. We have our songs. We have certain things we do in a certain way during our shows. We have our high spots, so to speak. Uh, But then you also have a, it's a live setting. It's not tied to a script and you improvise and you respond to the audiences to make things matter more, you know, and it's a, it's a, you know, a wrestler, I, I don't remember who said it, probably Al Snow, probably. I saw said that, you know, one of the products today is uh, that they treat wrestlers as actors. Wrestlers are not actors, they are reactors. And I think mm-hmm. that's so brilliant. And I feel like uh, as a singer in a band, in a band, that is what we are too, you know, in terms of what a live performance adds to our music is that we have something people reacting to what we do and we react to them and that interaction so from that world all of you know the podcasts and the shoot interviews and all that i think i picked up a lot from that yeah me too i think i got a lot of education in business and like politicking and how to deal with people based yeah. on shoot interviews and like uh just like how how you should interact like who you should be nice to who who you shouldn't like mess with I, uh, just just for meeting like backstage gossip yeah. like that is the most exciting part about pro wrestling i think that's one thing that people do, that don't uh really get into it grasp necessarily like oh how could you like what's you know i find myself more immersed in like the backstage stuff and like the stories about what happened when i was a kid nice. like, yeah. what really what really led to that happening things that don't make sense you know that's more exciting than 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 the actual wrestling i feel something yeah in in, in the worst case scenario and sometimes sometimes they have a cody dustin match and all is forgiven and it's all about the in-ring for uh, the in-ring stuff right and but then also you know the next day i'm on the internet reading backstage gossip about (laughs) (laughs) like like what happened what happened back like what's the what's the story you know (laughs) that's also very very true uh, uh, then another thing I just want to give a shout out to because the one wrestling thing I watch have been watching the most for the last couple of years are these uh, I guess you, you're probably familiar with this, this these Irish guys OSW review on YouTube oh, and stuff. yes yes I've just I uh, love it so much in the last year yeah they're they're really good they're really really good and again like it's a good way to revisit different eras and stuff I just hope that they will do that at some point they will open an arc that will be when WCW was good, you know? Yeah. Because they did uh, David <laughs> Cornette's, uh, uh, David Arquette's, I mean, uh, yeah. stuff. But I would love them to do, I don't know, 97 and, and just take it when it was awesome. Right around the time when DDP was feuding with Macho Man and staying in some kind of, uh, would or would not come down from the rafters. Right. Because he didn't yeah, even do it every was- week. 
That, that whole year was pretty awesome, and then Starcade was a big stinker. Yeah, those guys. I enjoy watching them reviewing an old pay per view more than I would just putting on the old pay per view because it's like, like you said, yes. the, a lot of the wrestling it doesn't really uh, hold up to today's standards. Especially no, like, exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, there there are exceptions. I'm not saying everything. You know, like uh, Ric Flair matches hold up, Shawn Michaels matches hold up. Uh, I think. I think I got reminded, you know, Mr. Perfect and uh, Bret Hart stuff. And I think that oh, that's yeah. kind of where it is during that, I guess, the early to mid-90s where the transition starts happening. Yeah. To the, to and, the of course, there were predecessors to this as well, you know. Uh, but, there's, but they're starting to, you know, there's a sweet spot with some matches there. Um, again, where, you know, again, it looks competitive. Each move can matters in the best case scenario then you have fucking hercules not, not selling a, a power bomb by sid because he he did the job and he didn't want to whatever you know so i see but you would have never known that unless you read <laughs> read about it later and go back and watch the footage and you see like holy shit that's great like i never that's noticed fair. that as a kid <laughs> yeah absolutely my favorite thing like that is uh, antonio inoki and that uh that fat guy who was not no selling until inoki started to shoot on him Oh Bill yeah, Bill. I don't know the guy, but I, I, I've if you find you find on YouTube and Bill Burr, someone is putting all together from Bill Burr's podcast, and he talks about different things, and he talks about wrestling sometimes, and his commentary on top of what was happening, what was going wrong. That's some glorious. Mm, that's the good stuff. <laughs> well, I think that's a a great place to end it. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me about pro wrestling. I really that's appreciate it. Question. Uh, the band is Avatar. The yeah. most recent album, Avatar Country. Yes, uh, but, uh, in a few days we will do our last headline show in the name of Avatar Country. Mm -hmm. Then it's all about uh, finish up the writing and recording and the mixing and the blah, blah, blah of new stuff. So as far as touring goes, in, in, in one week, Avatar goes into a bit of hibernation because new stuff are brewing. brewing. It's... Uh, it's the most exciting time to be in a band and it's a slightly less exciting uh, or slightly less stuff coming out at this particular moment for, for the people waiting for it. But uh, for us, it's extremely exciting. <laughs> lots of, uh, lots of good things are coming ahead. Sounds good. Well, we'll all look forward to it. And maybe uh, one of these days we'll run into each other at a wrestling show. That would be awesome. All right. Have a great one. Thank you, Johannes. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Johannes for taking some time to talk to me. I guess that's it. I'll be back next week. I promise I will be back after the AEW NXT showdown. And I'm going to have a very special guest to recap it all. We're going to talk all about it. I'm going to have many more squared circle pits in the coming weeks. Got a few interviews lined up. So I look forward to being in your ears more often with the squared circle pit. And always would love your feedback. Hit me up on Twitter at Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle. Also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Squared Circle Pit. And I am Rob Injection personally on all social media. Thank you as always for listening. 